This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And in recent years, the player's been dire. Since, you know, I've been bored out my brain some days. It is hard to generate that enthusiasm. But it just needs a few people in the crowd who will actually start cheering and supporting and especially just that simple villa, villa, village. You can't beat that. My old man said. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. This is one of our extra 0.5 shows bit more of a stripped down experience so uh, if you haven't listened to the show before do check out the normal uh, show for the uh, the fun and games that we normally have there so uh, no dan rogers for this episode Uh, he's too busy for the likes of you and me we'll be meeting together to do uh, another show an election special only joking about the election special. Instead of Monsieur Rogers, uh, I interviewed uh, a Villa fan called John Flanner, who has recently released a book called Beautiful Game, Beautiful Memories. And the thing about John is, at the age of 19, uh, around the, the mid-60s, he actually went blind, and henceforth has been going to Villa Park for over 50 years and experiencing the games without being able to see them which probably uh, the last couple of seasons, it's probably been a benefit. But uh, imagine not knowing what Gary Shaw looked like or what Ellen Hutton looked like or never ever seeing Olaf Malberg's beard. It's uh, it's a bit surreal when you think about it and uh, that's why we were keen to uh, have a chat with him. Originally it was going to be with uh, Peter McFarlane who scored two goals in the 1957 uh, FA Cup final to uh, win us the trophy uh, the last time we have. Unfortunately, Peter was ill and couldn't make it. Peter was a was a big idol of John's back in the day, and he finally got to meet uh, Peter for the first time on Wembley Way for the uh, 2015 FA Cup final, uh, the one that I've tried to uh, wipe from my memory. And obviously, Peter wanted to help him uh, promote the book. Still, considering John's been around for a considerable chunk of the club's history, he was definitely worth catching up with. The, unfortunately, I was late getting there because I was out of town uh, coming in and there was some train cancellation. So we only managed to get about 20 minutes in and there's, there's a couple of minutes missing from the interview, but uh, I'll, you'll, you'll see where that is when you listen to it and I'll fill you in. But it's a good old chat. We discussed the good old days of Villa versus Blues derbies where stands 
would be mixed and fans would stand there arm in arm together Ugh. mixed crowds before the uh, the away segregation came in we'll also talk about uh, Aston Villa's last season and what John thought about that and we also talk about the atmosphere and John's perceptions of uh, how it's changed and uh, also uh, a death threat that he got off the Zulus once upon a time but it's something different it's something interesting so check it out uh, we'll be back shortly with Dan uh, we're going to do a mom's QT questions and uh, answers so if you've got any issues topics questions about the season ahead or pre-season ahead even do drop us a, a tweet at aston villa pod and use the hashtag moms qt m-o-m-s-q-t and become a patron as well go to astonvilla.com click on the patron let's get to 100 before the season starts right i don't do an intro in the show we'd already been introduced and because of the time we just got cracking straight away so without further ado here's john and i in the william mcgregor suite at villa park talking about his time supporting villa and his book beautiful game beautiful memories enjoy and stay safe what did you think about this season for starters are we, are we recording now or are we just yeah chit-chatting well, yeah, this this, se- this season, I must admit, like like a lot of Villa supporters, I started out with great hope, yeah. and uh, I was pleased with the signings, and uh, a little bit disappointed that we got Di Matteo because I would have liked Steve Bruce at the start of the season. Right. Uh, yeah. But in actual fact, I thought we played uh, some decent football to start with, but of course we just drew too many games, uh, which were very frustrating and. A lot of individual errors. I was disappointed we signed an inexperienced goalkeeper. Yeah, because, me, me too, me too. Yeah, for this league, you need experience. and uh, Well, any league, really. And uh, Gallini was just inexperienced and um, coming from a foreign country as well. The whole thing was new to him. So I was disappointed with that. But generally, I was, I was quite pleased, pleased with the play, but disappointed with the results. And then when Steve Bruce came, uh, I, I was pleased. And as things have panned out, um, there's, I'm just I'm just beginning to feel a few concerns at the moment. I, yeah. I, I think defensively we're we're really solid. I I got no problems with the back five and then with Yedinak. I just think that that's solid. Uh, but the, the midfield still worries me tremendously. I I think the players we've signed are really expected great things from January onwards. But um, yeah, it's been disappointing to see uh, Urahan and uh, Lansbury not not banging in the goals and not clicking, and um, against Blackburn, I was I was so shocked to see the team selection, to see um, Lansbury out wide and not looking as though he knew what he was doing, and yeah, yeah. Um, you know just having to rely so much on Jonathan Codger. Um, it's it's just been a bit bit worrying going forward. And, Again, and now we, he's injured, it's uh, even more worrying. But I think at the end of the day, you can't really rely on him anyway. It's, no, there I needs th- to be a team there. Yeah, they've, they've actually got to really do something for next season. Actually, I find uh, they need to get two strikers, maybe a Hogan and one other, and get them working together as a partnership. That yeah. that's actually vital. Um, so so yeah so. So, um, so, uh, going back to the Villa Birmingham game the other week, you know, I, I would normally be ecstatic that we beat the Blues. Yeah. Uh, but I, I came away feeling really deflated. I, I part of me felt a bit sorry for Birmingham. I know some Villa fans won't thank me for saying that, but we had one corner, one shot, one yeah. goal. It's disgusting. We, we, we had one corner against Blackburn as well. Yeah. <laughs> Consecutive yeah. weeks. It's, yes. It's, uh, it is a big concern. It takes me back to the FA Cup final against Arsenal, where they get that no, was no, so don't, embarrassing. Don't go back. Exactly the same. I'd rather go back to the uh, Liverpool game in the semi-final because that was so sweet. 
that's one of the happiest moments I've had in recent years as an Aston Villa supporter. And I'll always be grateful to Tim Sherwood for that, that uh, he gave us that great day out at Wembley. It was such a shock. And it actually uh, stunned the whole football world, I think. Yeah, no. and, and it was really great. That in was. terms of, uh, I mean, you're in a position where you've supported Villa almost half of its existence, give or take 10 years. Well, <laughs> OK. I, yeah, OK. Right. So in, in, 60 years, yeah. So, I mean, my, my context is I was, I think I was about your age when the European Cup was won. So at the, your age when you were watching Villa win the FA Cup in 57. Yes. So, yeah. I don't know, about nine, eight, nine. So in, in the terms of what's happening at the moment, I mean, this period of Aston Villa history is the worst I've seen. I mean, I've seen one relegation before, but we bounced right back. But obviously you've been through like the late 60s when Villa were almost, you know, in financial trouble as yeah, well. Yeah, well, in the late 60s, we, uh, we were just on the verge of going bankrupt and... Uh, I know Doug Ellis had a lot of critics, but he rescued our club at that point, and um, he brought in Tommy Doherty, the Doc, as yeah, he was called. Yeah. And overnight, there was a transformation. The crowds went went from about ten thousand to over forty thousand uh, from one game to the next, and the atmosphere was incredible. Uh, we went on an amazing uh, ride with with Tommy Doherty. He brought in some fabulous players like Bruce Rioch and. Pat McMahon and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Chico Hamilton, who became big favourites. And then he also set up a youth system, and from that came John Gidman and Brian Little, players like that. So uh, he did a lot of good work for the Villa, did Tommy Doherty. And then, of course, we, we, we sunk down to the third division. Yeah. Uh, wonderful memories there with Andy Lockhead and, uh, and the others, uh, away to Oldham, winning them 6 0. Getting to the League Cup final against Tottenham, and okay, we lost it to two Martin Chivers when you, goals. When you, when you speak of uh, when you speak to fans uh, around around your age, they do look back on those third division days very fondly. It's not all doom and gloom. It's uh, it was yeah. it was kind of a good well, time. I said to my son last season when we got relegated, I said, "It's not the end of the world, Ian." I said, uh, "There is life after the Premier League." He said, "Oh, don't come that one." <laughs> and okay, it was a, it was a big shame for a lot of people at the club who lost their jobs, and you can't override that. Yeah. That, that that's always the sad side but actually there's many supporters who would rather be down in the championship winning more games uh, than actually in the Premier League getting beat every week but what I will say is that um, I'm actually really pleased with what Dr Tony Shah has done so far yeah. I'm excited by his vision for the club you know I love Aston Villa and I believe we should be big on the world stage no, we were true. there in the yeah. beginning through Aston Villa the Football League was formed we've always been innovators we've been at the forefront of change and I truly believe we are a great club in name only at the moment I admit but I believe we're a club with a destiny. And when I hear what Dr. Tony has planned for this club, I, I get excited. Think I would love to be around uh, to see that happen. And, uh, you know, I look at the likes of uh, Real Madrid now and Atletico yeah. Madrid, two great clubs in one city. Hey, why can't we dream and have Aston Villa and Birmingham City yeah. make, making this city great in the world? Um, you know, because sport does that. He raises the profile of a city. I mean, it would definitely be better if... Birmingham and Villa were in, let's say, the equivalent position of Everton and Liverpool at the moment. Yeah, I agree. You see, I would love to see Birmingham City second in the Premier League, as long as Villa were top. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you... I just want them to be one place below us all the time. <laughs> That's all. But I don't wish them any ill. <laughs> one of the interesting things that a lot of younger listeners won't realise is, back in the day, uh, if Villa weren't playing at home... Villa fans who lived locally would go and actually go and see the Blues or West Brom. And you say in your book, 
it was it was a kind of a time that troubled you once the whole kind of segregation came in and they started putting the away fans because before fans were mixed yeah and they would chant their songs whilst you know standing next or sitting next to each other really. yes who can get the loudest and you're actually standing next to each other is yeah I remember I had some almost collapsing with exhaustion <laughs> standing next to my friends and there'd be a group of Villa supporters a group of Birmingham you go Villa Birmingham Villa you'd shout and as loud as you try to out shout them, you collapse with exhaustion fits of laughter just hugging one another it's incredible but also because we, we we're football we appreciate football yeah. so when you go to watch a game I could actually appreciate some of the Birmingham City players for their skill Likewise, with West Brom or Wolves or any other team for that matter, like at the moment, I can really appreciate Tottenham, the way they play football. They play football the way the beautiful game should be played, and it's exciting. And Can you pinpoint a time when when you really notice this change, when kind of segregation of putting away fans in the away end, you know, kind of started and it became the norm? Yes, I think it was in the 1970s when uh, there were lots of trouble with um, with Leeds and Chelsea supporters. Uh, and sadly, you know, Birmingham City themselves got a bad reputation with yeah. the Zulu Warriors. Yeah. In fact, I, I had some experience of that because um, I actually conducted a campaign um, where I encouraged, um, after the Heysel Stadium disaster, yeah. I formed, because I'm actually a Christian, and, yeah. and I formed a prayer group to, to support Aston Villa Christian Supporters Association with the full backing of Doug Ellis and the then manager Graham Turner. And we got a lot of press coverage for that. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying our prayers made massive changes, but I began to contact other clubs and um, through the media to see what they too could form prayer groups. And maybe before each game, before the game, we could get together as two groups to pray for peace on the terraces. And my wife got a phone call um, one night when I was out from someone purporting to be from the Zulu Warriors, yeah. saying that if your husband sets foot in our ground, we'll knife him. And right. we reported to the police, and they, they got onto that, and we had to describe the guy's voice. But that, that's, how, that's how crazy people were, you know, even in those days. And I say in my book, I look, this is a sport, not war. Yeah. Um, I which, mean, it, it pretty much became war, didn't it, locally? Yeah, yeah. That's and, right. I mean, and now we have a derby, which is probably it's like one of the most nastiest derbies uh, in the country. It, it is, and that's a, I, I just don't like the idea of uh, a local derby being at lunchtime on a Sunday. Yeah, you know um, that penalises a lot of kids who play football on a Sunday morning, like I used to. Yeah. A lot of those kids are season ticket holders with their dads, and they so it penalises them. It penalises people who maybe want to go to church. Um, and let's face, Aston Villa did come from Wesleyan Chapel, yeah. so. Um, you know, it's not honouring values. No, I just love to see the game go back. I don't think it'll ever go back to three o'clock on a Saturday, especially, well, think, with, especially with television. Sky TV might have something to say about that. Yes, but um, <laughs> but it, but it's funny how it's well, it's not funny, but it's it's kind of sad how it's gone from local Brummies standing together, whatever team they're supporting, to the last Birmingham derby where the police pretty much segregated the whole of this. Uh, local area where yes. the Blues fans could only come in from the Witten side and yes. Villa fans could come in from the Aston yes, side. Yes, as you say, it has become really nasty and I was just saying to someone earlier today that um, after the Heysel Stadium disaster, um, the next cup final was Liverpool and Everton yeah. and what the police allowed, they allowed the supporters to mingle and be together yeah. and uh, there were several photographs, I believe, of uh, supporters uh, tying their bl- blue and white and red and white scarves together. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's one of my memories from my youth is like watching a final 
where fans were sitting together, like yes, Everton yeah. and Liverpool fans sitting well, together. Well, John Motson said at that final, he said, why does it take a tragedy like ISIL to actually bring people together? Yeah. You know, in, in war times, people don't... Like last year, I was uh, listening to all the broadcasts about the Battle of the Somme, yeah. and they said, oh, it's, was it 729? 20,000 young men went over the hill and were killed, you know, fighting for our country. They didn't stop and ask, which football team do you support? I ain't, I ain't going over the hill with you. Yeah. They were all united in a common... to defeat a common enemy. And, um, you know, those people who gave their lives in war, if they look back today, they gave it for our freedom. I wonder what they would say if they see people having to be segregated going to a football game. I can't even bring my grandson to Villa Park um, when Aston Villa play. He's he's a Manchester United supporter. And I brought him when he was about eight years of age. And and, uh, because he stood up to cheer when Manu scored, one of the stewards threatened to throw him out. Yeah, he was yeah. eight years of age. For goodness sake, yeah. what? Where's the freedom? Why can't he come? And, I, I mean, I don't support Manchester United, but he does. So why, why can't he come and sit with me? I think I don't uh, know. It's well, obviously, this is the club don't want trouble to flare up. And I mean, I, I was in the whole tend and I think against Manchester United. And as soon as there were some kids there with their parents who had obviously just they're only able to get tickets in the home end, and the kid started cheering when they equalised and. You know, you, you're seeing people at like 50 years old hissing at them and pointing yes. them out. Yeah. And you just think, well, you know, come on. <laughs> I know. I, it's yeah. a kid. Yeah. Fair enough, it's a group of lads kind of playing up. But this is, you know, mm. it's a completely different thing. Yeah. How, how has, I mean, one of the, the, the good bits about the book is obviously when you're, when you're younger and you're, you're telling the story of how it was then. But obviously... When you went blind, it obviously changes the whole the whole hemisphere <laughs> Just of uh, going yeah. to a football match. But how has being a blind person going to the football changed? And in terms of Aston Villa, how, how have they kind of helped you? And you know what's been different over the the decades? Yeah, okay. Well, when I first went blind at the age of nineteen, interestingly, I, I went blind. Was it, sorry, was it from football? Well, in a roundabout sort of way, but not really. If you, uh, what happened is I was playing Sunday League football in the yeah. Sunday Alliance, and uh, I was playing left back. And um, co- in swinging corner came in. I was standing by the goalpost. I jumped up to head the ball, and I was shoulder charged, and I lost my balance and just banged the side of my head, left side of my head on the goalpost. It wasn't even a hard bang, but it left me immediately with blurred vision in the left eye. And as I ran up the field, I could see double of everything on the, right, on the right. left. And, so um, a bit it, of a Peter McFarlane incident. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, um, it, and it, it cleared up after a while. And then a few weeks later, I was at work checking a balance sheet. And um, all the figures were blurred on that. And I realised, hey, something's not right here. Yeah. And so I went to the doctors. I went to the hospital in Birmingham. And uh, they confirmed I got this serious loss of vision, which at first they thought was down to delayed concussion. Um, but um, week by week my sight got worse and within six months I was totally blind but um, about three years afterwards my brother went blind when he was 17 and then two years after that my sister went blind when she was 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 23 so they discovered eventually that it was an hereditary condition that in my case just needed a bang on the head to trigger it off so it just come down through my mother's side of the family and can only be passed on through a female so none of my kids are affected, thankfully. Right, okay. So, so then going blind, um, I, uh, the last game I actually saw the whole game was the 1966 World Cup final when England beat West Germany. So it wasn't a bad one to go out on, was it? <laughs> go out at the top, that's all so, I say. It's all in the time. Um, <laughs> but the last Villa game, I can remember going to see Villa away to Stoke City 
And I can't re- quite remember whether it was 5-0 to Stoke. I think it was 6-0, actually. And Harry Burrows, the ex-Villa left-winger, who took over from Peter McParnold, the Villa team, he scored a hat-trick against us. And uh, I could only see half the, half the pitch. I think the Villa defenders could as well, actually. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but that was the... And after that, I decided, that's it. I'm never going to another game. I've finished because there's not much point if you can't see. Yeah, yeah. But a ma- I, the following, I think it was the following Saturday or maybe a week or two afterwards, but a mate came round on the Saturday afternoon, about half past two, said, John, uh, you fancy coming to the match? I said, no, no. I said, not much point. If I can't see, I'm not bothered. I don't want to go anymore. He said, come on, I'll give you a commentary. And he persuaded me. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, this is where the recording muted. But suffice to say, basically Brian rescued... John, as a Aston Villa supporter, because persuaded him to go to the game, I think he turned up at his house at half past two, and John had to explain the whole story of him going blind, but uh, then Brian cajoled him on, and they actually arrived 15 minutes after the kickoff. Spurs were 1-0 up already, but then Villa equalised straight away. And it ended through all. And as John says in his book, thanks to Brian, I had kept up my record of not missing a home game for so many years. And suddenly I realised that not even being blind could take away the thrill and excitement of being at Villa Park on match days. We didn't speak that much about following uh, Villa over the years, obviously due to time limitations. It's something I, I wish there was a bit more of in the book, actually, his experiences with Brian. But there's some great bits about Aston Villa players getting in touch with him after they read about his uh, story in the uh, Birmingham Mail and you know really helping him in that transition period but one thing he certainly has experienced uh, over the years is the atmosphere and that's something we we ended our the conversation talking about you hear all the managers say when the crowd do get behind the team 
that um, that they do make a difference. I know we feed off the players well, and in recent years the players been dire. So it's you know I've been bored out of my brain some days. It is hard to generate that enthusiasm. But it just needs a few people in the crowd who will actually start cheering and supporting, and especially just that simple Villa, Villa, Village. You can't beat that. All these songs, I see. I think people come now for a good sing song, which is which is nice. Yeah. But I just ask myself the question. I'd like to ask the players: Does that really help the team when the supporters sing in these songs? What songs actually help you? And I'd love to get feedback from the players what? so that we on the te- we in the ground then can actually sing those songs that really help the team. I think when you come to see Villa for the first time, the, the surprising thing is that most of the songs are anti-Birmingham City songs yeah, rather than pro Aston. Yeah, there used to be yeah. Stand Up If You Ain't Man You as well. That, that's yeah, died out yeah. a bit now. <laughs> Um, and also singing about Paul McGrath and Alan McAnally and Paul Birch. Great, you know, wonderful old players. But yeah. how are they actually helping the team on the field? And the Villa Villa, wow. You know, I think when I hear that going round the ground, I, I think I'd, I'd go out and play well on the pitch. It makes me air, air stand on end. You know, I, I just love a positive atmosphere. That's what I'd like. And I just bemoan the fact that we don't have a club song. I wish we did. You know, it's one of the big enigmas of it is. Uh, supporting Villa. Yeah, now. yeah. I mean, when I keep right under the road, that's not swearing, is it? My son thinks it's swearing. <laughs> but when I hear that, I hear that, it actually sends shivers down my spine. Same yeah. with you'll never walk alone when you're in Anfield. Mind you, I don't know what I'm forever blowing bubbles does. I, I can't, I can't see yeah, the sense in that one, but don't mind. It doesn't have the same tempo. Right, I think you're uh, needed downstairs. Okay. <laughs> Your life started without you. Okay. Hey. Uh, Really? Yeah, you've got to... Have I missed the buffet? No, I've missed the You haven't missed the food. I've just okay. to tell you, you have to go down there. Okay, fine. But, fine. Uh, thank you very much, John, have you got enough for joining us. There? Yeah, no, that, that's fine. Okay. Anytime. My old man said... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.